Time for our weekly fantasy football segment on this waiver wire, at least for many, waiver wire Tuesday. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joining the sports by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. And, John, always good to talk to you. Let's start with Monday night, the Eagles winning at Tampa, the Bengals showing some offense in the second half against the Rams. Did we really learn anything from those two games that we can apply in the fantasy realm moving forward? Um, let, let's see here. So it, it appears that the Buccaneers, uh, their inability to run the ball isn't going away. And it's actually been kind of a franchise-wide trend since the days of Warwick Dunn. I believe they had the, the fewest rushing yards Dunn. of any team in the, in the league. Yeah, exactly, since the early 2000s. So they, they just don't really seem interested in running the ball. Um, but, you know, as far as the, the Bucks offense, you know, it, it is pretty – predictable uh you get mike evans you get chris godwin every everything else is, is pretty fringe um on the eagle side of, of the ledger i felt like deandre swift looked excellent once again yeah. last night i think i think that the the hand wringing over uh week one and and all the the reported uh love of kenneth gainwell in in that locker room that's all well and good, but Swift is clearly the best talent that they have in that backfield running behind one of the best offensive lines in football. So if you scoop Swift in the eighth, you're, you're standing in line for, for a pretty nice profit off of that. Um, Got to be concerned with, with the T. Higgins performance last night. Left and went to the locker room after some abysmal uh, drops on, on his part. Jamar Chase looked, looked good, so all, all the concern after the first two weeks uh, looks like that that is assuaged, at least for now. And the Rams... Uh, Kyron Williams, who literally owned the backfield last night, 55 snaps for him, uh, not a single one for, for the rest of the Rams running back. So your speculative ads on, on Zach Evans and, and, uh, and Ronnie Rivers, uh, they may not be paying off anytime soon. Don't think so. 55 and zero for everybody else is pretty, uh, you know, pretty concrete. There you go. All right, so let's continue with the running back theme here. Uh, who tops the waiver wire list for the running backs in the, the next few hours here? Um, so I, I think Devin A. Chain, or A. Chan, as he clarified on, on Monday, uh, if, he, yeah. <laughs> if, if he's available anywhere, I, I, it's hard to imagine him being available in 12-teamers, but in 10-teamers, he should still be out there on a, on a decent percentage of waiver wires and he clearly is the the pickup this week at the running back position uh just an explosive talent uh amazing during his time at texas a&m has legit track speed and and a track background but he's not just a track athlete that plays football he's a football player with track speed that's an important distinction to make otherwise you run into an anthony schwartz uh type of situation um but beyond beyond him um i I think with, with gus edwards uh leaving with a concussion We'll have to monitor what Justice Hill's status is, but if, if you're really uh, hurting for a running back, I, I think you could do worse right now than, than Kenyon Drake. I, I would imagine that he would have a role, him or uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, for, for that Baltimore backfield as they, as they go into action against the Browns. And then beyond that, uh, Elijah Mitchell, uh, if he's still around, he's not getting a ton of work, but you know, if, if the 49ers are going to continue to play in these blowout type of setups. They're not going to expose Christian McCaffrey to a ton. So Elijah Mitchell might have that, that garbage time um, appeal to him. And Rico Dowdle, I thought, looked uh, pretty solid on, on Sunday, despite that was not being a, a great game from the Cowboys. So that those are those are my uh, running back leans for this. He made some really nice run. I was, at, I was obviously at that game, but, uh, you know, I was impressed with Dowdle for sure. 
All right, Josh Jacobs, he led the NFL in rushing last year. He has 92 yards in three games. Uh, might fantasy owners be interested in buying Jacobs low, or what do we do? Um, it, 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 obviously, it, it depends on, on what your backfield situation looks like. If you're someone that lost Nick Chubb or lost J.K. Dobbins or, or was on the wrong side of some other uh, running back uh, best, uh, that, then Jacobs, I think, is definitely worth exploring as a buy-low option. Um, it's disappointing overall that, that the Raiders, I think, are dead last in the NFL um, in, in rushing thus far. Mm-hmm. Jacobs did look a little bit better this, this past weekend. It, it was obviously a, a, a blowout game in Buffalo the previous week, but, but you know, 17 carries, that's good for 62 yards. Not great, but, you know, what we can work with that. And, and games against the Chargers, the Packers, and the Patriots coming up, and then the Bears, this is a good stretch coming up for, for Josh Jacobs. So if, it, if, uh, if the Josh Jacobs manager in, in your league is a little bit tired of the returns that he's gotten thus far, uh, might be worth taking a gander. Okay, Ramondre Stevenson owners. Uh, should they be concerned about what appears to be maybe not a very good offensive line in New England? And Zeke's role seems to be increasing. It, it does, but at the same time, you know, Stevenson still had 19 carries this, this past week, and it was against, you know, one of the best defenses in football. So obviously the returns weren't amazing, just 59 yards on those attempts uh, and only catching one of his four targets. I would imagine that that corrects. I mean, we saw last year that, that he was efficient as a pass catcher, so that should come back up. I understand the, um, you know, the hand-wringing over Zeke seeming to uh, – to, you know, horn in on, on some of this rushing work. But I, I still think that Stevenson will end up giving uh, fancy managers like around a fifth round, sixth round type, type of return in terms of production. So he might not end up hitting that ceiling where we drafted him at it as a third round type of guy with, with the expectation of him being a, a true workhorse, uh, of which there, there just aren't that many anymore. Um, Zeke will continue to, to get his, his work there, but Stevenson – Still getting enough carry volume to where I'm, I'm not overly uh, freaking out yet. John McKechnie, rotowire.com, curling in the sports zone. A.J. Dillon, he might be the third Green Bay running back. Uh, should there be some maybe dropping of Dillon in non-deep legs at this point? In 10-teamers, I'm out on him. In, in 12-teamers, he's, he's definitely on the bench, um, and, and uh, he's probably one of my next cuts. Um, I, I've been... So disappointed, so wrong about A.J. Dillon. I thought coming out, you know, he, he's 240 pounds that can run the 4-5, and that's that's going to be hard to tackle, and you, you get Lambo late in the season. Like, that's going to be a guy that's uh, not very fun to tackle, but he, he for whatever reason, just doesn't really seem to leverage that, those physical uh, traits that he has into anything that, that's really actionable for fantasy. So once Aaron Jones is back in the mix, hopefully that'll be this week. Uh, Dylan will kind of revert to kind of a, a more of a depth uh, type of role. And I, I thought, you know, there were some other interesting performances. Was it Patrick Taylor that was running well for, for the Packers that this past yeah. Sunday? I, I'd, be, I'd be moderately interested in him. And in, in a deeper uh, type of league, I think he got reverted back to the practice squad. But um, if, you, if you're in a 12, 12 or 14 teamer with, with deeper benches, I, I think that he's worth a, a speculative ad because. Aaron Jones, not the picture of durability, and A.J. Dillon has failed with his opportunities in Aaron Jones' stead. 
Alexander Madison, 125 total yards on Sunday, but the Vikings, since we talked last Tuesday, have uh, added Cam Akers. Um, how do we proceed with that with Madison at this point? I think you're still starting him. You just need to reframe uh, your expectations. I think it, as opposed to being like a high-end RB2, he's more of a low-end RB2 or a flex consideration, but I think he's still someone uh, that you're putting into your starting lineup. I think the Vikings still have an explosive offense overall. They, they go to Carolina this, this week. I think that Madison should be in line for, for a solid outing here. I think people freaked out a little bit too much about the Thursday night game against the Eagles because everyone saw it. It was the only game on, of course, at, at the time. And, you know, eight carries for 28 yards is, is not uh, what, what his investors were, were hoping for. But, again, that was a tough matchup. Going up against Carolina, KC, and Chicago over the next few weeks, that should help correct things. And, and frankly, I'm not overly – worried about Cam Akers. I think that he steps into a role, maybe eight to 10 carries, probably not helping a ton in the, in the, uh, in the passing game. Madison definitely confident enough in, in that regard to where he's probably not going to lose out too many uh, opportunities to, to Akers. Okay. Wide receivers. Who are you looking to add this week? Um, I think Josh Palmer stands out as the guy uh, coming into to draft season, and, and if you look at just general ADPs, Quentin Johnson was someone that's going in the eighth, ninth round, somewhere in that range where Josh Palmer, uh, undrafted or, you know, 15th, 16th, 17th round type of option. And, and as fun as it is to, to dream on, on rookies, and I, I'm certainly as guilty of that as anyone, um, it does feel like Quentin Johnson is a little bit raw right now. Um, we, you know, we had a similar issue with, with Traylon Burke last season um johnston i think has a little bit more downfield ability and i think that he can help replace that in due time but it's pretty clear to me right now that josh palmer is that next man up in this chargers receiving core and i think he's going to settle into a nice fantasy relevant role to where you can feel good about him as a wide receiver three or a flex moving forward and you know on the other side of the coin he's obviously already rostered but if you do have keenan allen that that looks like a potential league-winning type of uh, yeah. fantasy asset for, for this year. I mean, we're, we're talking ridiculous volume, and he's uh, increased his average depth of target from 8.5 last year, which is bad, to 10.5, which is workable, especially when you're getting, you know, 15-plus targets a game. So I'm expecting him to continue to get peppered with targets, but, but Palmer is a priority add for, for me this week. And Johnson, if I have him... Uh, I'm I'm going to do my best to, to hang on because I think uh, you know come mid to late October somewhere like that maybe Johnson starts to show out a little bit. Tank Dell, if he's out there, he's an obvious ad, right? I, I would say so. Um, I, I, he makes no sense to me. I mean, he, he's uh, basically <laughs> Tutu Atwell size. You know, they, there just aren't that many success stories of NFL receivers with, with those type of measurables, but Dell. Um, you know, d despite, you know, what me kind of bagging on, on the physical traits there, I mean, he, he was an insanely productive player during his time at, at Houston. He's a shifty, athletic, fast type of, of receiver that, that clearly has the, some rapport with, with uh, fellow rookie C.J. Stroud. I think I saw some reports that Stroud was, you know, going to the front office during draft weekend and saying, like, hey, wait, I like yeah. this Dell guy. Um, so that, that certainly bodes well. Um, I still think that Nico Collins is the number one guy there in Houston, but Robert Woods is a very flimsy wide receiver too, and you you expect him 
to kind of fade off into more reserve role as the season goes on and Dell clearly seems that like that next guy up and Houston just generally is an offense that you want to get some exposure to right now because it, they uh they I think they're they're the league leaders in, in pass attempts and and uh, or right up there and I think outside of of this past weekend most of the time they are going to be playing from from well behind and so CJ Stroud is going to be putting the ball in the air 35 40 times a week you want to get some exposure to that you mentioned Stroud is a you know fellow Ohio State teammate back in the day, like last year back in the day. Jackson Smith and Jigba has nine catches for 57 yards in three games. Reason for concern or no big deal? I'm I'm concerned. Um, I I think that that's a, it's an offense that might be coming back to earth a little bit. You know, last year was was so ridiculous compared to expectations. It's not overly surprising that that they're you know, kind of uh, correcting a little bit right now. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, he's running a, a not-so-great amount of routes, and he's not getting targeted on, on a ton of them. Uh, we, we've seen his targets fluctuate from five to six to three. And this past weekend against the Panthers, drawing only three targets in a game where, you know, the, the Seahawks pretty much were in command the, the entire way. That was disappointing. So I, I think this Coming Monday night uh, in New York against the Giants is going to be very telling as to uh, your expectations for JSN moving forward because Seattle has that early bye week in week five. And, you know, it, it, you might be reaching a point where it's like I, I can't really justify his roster spot if he's only going to give me two, three catches a week. Talking fantasy football with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. Okay, on to a couple of quarterbacks here. Uh, Joe, uh, Trevor Lawrence was ineffective again and really wasn't even pressured that much by the Texans. Is it kind of time to consider selling Lawrence or, you know, reason for concern? No big deal here. I, uh, so I'm, I'm a tricky guy to ask this one because I'm, I'm such a huge Trevor believer. And, and obviously the last two weeks have been pretty disappointing for, from him. He did complete a, a high percentage of his passes this past weekend, but, you know, not a ton to show for just the seven yards per attempt with a touchdown and a pick against the Texans at home. Like, we, we, we need a little bit better than that for, from Trevor Lawrence. So, I think he, he now kind of, as it stands, is sort of like a QB 10 to, to 14, so a fringe starter um, in, in, in most formats, but still someone that, that you can justify starting. But you might have someone better uh, on your bench at, at this stage, whether it is a Geno Smith or, or a Kirk Cousins. Uh, someone like that that, that um, you drafted a few rounds after Trevor Lawrence that, that I think can help you in the interim until Lawrence gets things in here. But facing off against the Falcons at home this week, I do feel like this is one of those weeks where, where Lawrence could you know start to um, pay off at, at what his draft day cost was. Okay, Justin Fields, time for our seemingly already weekly question. Uh, what, what should fantasy owners do, even though – I think it's important to point out that the Bears' next opponent is Denver. So is this maybe put-up-or-shut-up week for Fields? Yeah, game of the week, right? This is this is amazing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, the NFL schedule makers, sometimes they get it right. Um, but um, I, I think that, that, that Fields generally, um, I'm looking at benching him. Uh, I'm not looking at dropping him yet because if you remember last year, definitely struggled out of the gate and then, you know, turned into one of the best 
uh, fantasy assets that down the stretch and in the fantasy playoffs and everything like that. Of course, a lot of that was based on, on the rushing production. Hasn't been quite as willing as a runner this year with just the one rushing touchdown thus far. And I think just a shade under 100 total uh, rushing yards. So it, it's fair to be pretty pessimistic about what Fields has put out there because I think the Bears are just an abject disaster right now, a dumpster fire, however you want to put it. They, they are that. Um, but a, a, a game against Denver, I think, should help get him ba- back into the into the fantasy fold here. But if he does not, then then I think I'm benching him indefinitely. But I'm not dropping him if I don't have to. Jameis Winston, should Derek Carr owners be interested here? Um, I, I would I would think so. Um, it, it's definitely a, t- a tough turn at, at quarterback, and, and uh, you know if, if you do have a a spot where you have an obvious drop to make and you do have Derek Carr as someone that you're counting on to start, especially in, in two quarterback leagues, then as a fill-in, I think Winston absolutely qualifies. I think Andy Dalton, to, to a similar extent in Carolina, um, he does as well. He'll be facing off against the Vikings this weekend. Dalton looked, you know, he, he put up definitely fantasy-relevant numbers this past weekend against Seattle in his first start. I don't think Bryce Young is going to be ready to go this Sunday. So th- those are the two kind of low-end, uh, if they have a pulse, if they have a starting job for, for this week, you, you should uh, go ahead and, and scoop them. Okay, I've been told I've been neglecting tight ends in our conversation. You know, <laughs> there's good reason for good, good good reason for that most weeks. But Sam Laporte was a target machine at least last week against the Falcons. Can we trust the Lions to keep that up? Yes, I don't think that's going anywhere I, except up. Um, Laporta was definitely one of the best tight end prospects in this class. They're obviously uh, replacing TJ Hawkinson's production from the last few years. And, you know, when you look at the Lions offense generally, we're not going to have Jamison Williams back until week seven. And who even knows what his role is going to look like yeah. once he once he returns. It seems like he, he's not really helping himself in his case. Very much so. Outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Laporta, I, I think, is the second-best pass catcher um, in, in that skill position group. I, I like Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond as kind of tertiary options that, that can, you know, move the chains or, in, in um, Raymond's case, occasionally make, make that big downfield play. But as far as just moving the chains is concerned, Laporta is great at that. Um, he, we, we're starting to see it. And he's been, yeah, he's been absolutely effective through the through the first three weeks, and, and rookies, especially among tight ends, tend to have the, the toughest learning curve, or tight end turns, tends to be the toughest position for rookies to have fantasy success. And Laporte is getting there. The, the Lions, their offense is definitely very pass-heavy, uh, and you can only put so much on, on, on Ross St. Brown. So I'm looking at Laporta having a nice share of those targets going forward. You can always count on those Iowa players to, to produce big when they get to the NFL, right? Just kidding. Well, it's tight ends. They've actually done a good job with tight ends. But other than that, uh, they should, maybe they should make some of their tight ends running backs at Iowa. So there we go. Something. Okay. they got to figure something out. <laughs> I mean, I know Penn State's defense is good, but that was pathetic on Saturday night. Mm. Okay, John, good stuff as always. Tell people how to get a hold of your stuff and uh, you, you, you do more than just talk to me for a living on radio. It's true. I, I, I have a wet weekly guest spot on uh, Rotowire's Sirius XM show that, that usually comes Monday nights, but it kind of floats around. And then 
Uh, I host the uh, Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast with Mario Puig every Thursday. We live stream that on Twitter and YouTube, and uh, we also do a Roadwire uh, sports betting podcast with an NFL focus. That's Nick Whalen and I. We also do that late in the week, and, and uh, that, those are all available in your podcast feed wherever you get your pods. Uh, we're over there, so just check out Rotowire and football, and you will find me there. All right, John, good stuff. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you very much. Likewise. Thanks again.